good morning to all of you hello uh, it's a joy and pleasure for margaret my daughter karen and myself to be here this uh, for this camp we consider it an honor to be called to share god's word and we thank you for praying for us have you been praying for us uh, thank you very much uh, we couldn't do without it uh, and we appreciate it very much uh, i bring to you greetings from our little fellowship back in dehradun and uh, uh, we hope that we will enjoy our time together uh, i usually begin with a little story uh, i call it an ice breaker uh, for some of you i uh, we, i would be new uh, and so uh, you don't know what to expect there is a distance and if we laugh together i think that distance sort of closes and we can communicate to each other better so here is this little story it's about a preacher uh, and preachers you know like to speak long correct okay <laughs> we like to preach long and uh, it was a podium like this and the preacher was preaching and there were you know people sitting behind him and so this preacher went on preaching and went on preaching and went on preaching and one fellow at the back got really angry really mad he got really mad it was a public meeting up you know outside so he picked up a stone okay 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 did you hear that he picked up a stone and he threw it at the preacher you see you see where it it was coming this way the preacher looked down at his notes and it went over his head and hit the fellow behind him <laughs> and he was going into unconsciousness you know he was going into unconsciousness he said hit me again i can still hear him <laughs> so <laughs> i'm glad we are not outside <laughs> so i won't expect any stones but don't throw your shoes at me okay and there was this preacher who said you know after preaching a long time he spoke, he paused and he said what more can i say somebody said amen <laughs> so if you think i'm too long just say a loud amen and i'll get the hint <laughs> okay don't throw shoes shoes okay <laughs> all right we will come together to look at uh, um john's gospel chapter 15 and uh, i base what i am going to speak this uh, next few this from verses 4 down to verses 16 uh, 4 to 16 you know how do we tell people about our relationship with the lord jesus christ you know if you go to america uh, everybody is born again <laughs> even clinton was born again <laughs> trump is born again so there is no meaning for that word born again everybody seems to be born again uh, in our country especially amongst the brethren assemblies we have this uh, common phrase that we use uh, do you have a personal relationship with jesus that's how we try to find out whether somebody is a, is a believer or not but let me let me qualify that a little bit for you you see every human being that has ever lived has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ yes or no you won't say yes because you are doubtful whether the answer is yes or no 
Okay? Every human being who is born in this world has a personal relationship with Jesus as, number one, their creator. And number two, as somebody who is going to be judged and the judge. Because the Lord Jesus Christ knows every human being personally and intimately. Every act, every thought, every motive of every human being is known to the Lord Jesus Christ. Can there be anything more personal than that? But all that knowledge, all that God knows about every human being, if they are not in a personal relationship with Jesus or if they have not come into an intimate, deep relationship with Jesus Christ and, and received him as his savior and, and, and experienced forgiveness of sin, they will end up in hell. Because we read in scriptures, in, in, in the book of Revelation chapter 20 and verse 25, there are books. You know there are books? Books about every act, every thought, every word, every relationship. Everything you have done is recorded. God has a book with records of all that you have done. And then God has a second book. What is that book? The book of life or the book of the Lamb. The Lamb's book of life. And if your name is written there, then this book, everything that is there, is wiped away. So what is it? What, what, what is our understanding of our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ? That is what I want to, uh, 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 to, uh, 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 to speak on this morning. You see, the Bible has a series of analogies, right? There is the sheep and the shepherd. There is the child and the father. There is the subjects and the king. There is the slave and the master. There is the body and the head. Uh, except the body and the head, every other relationship is in the Old Testament also as well as the New Testament. And all these uh, relationships, all these uh, things with the Lord Jesus Christ, or these uh, an analogies, are about some characteristics of our relationship with Him, with God. It expresses something deeper that we have with our Lord Jesus Christ. All this uh, subject and king, slave and master, child and father, sheep and shepherd, and body and head. Uh, it talks about provision, it talks about protection, it talks about feeding, it talks about obedience, it talks about direction, it talks about control, it so talks about sovereign power. All of these are included in uh, these ana analogies. But now, when we come to the portion that we have just read uh, in those uh, verses 4 to 16, there is one word that keeps coming over and over and over again. Can you say what that word is? It's a word abide. In fact, it comes 10 times. That word abide comes 10 times in this uh, verses that we, we, we read. Uh, uh, one, uh, and we, we, we have understood what abide is in many ways uh, in our journey in studying God's word. Uh, so let me, as I begin and as I try to unfold what it means to abide, let me first 
bring to you the context. It's important. It's very important. Let me illustrate that with a story. Alright? There was this farmer who was taking his bull and his, uh, you know, goat down the road. And a guy comes with a truck and there is a, you know, bend and he swerves and he hits the farmer, the cow and the sheep and they fall into a ditch. And he, he breaks and goes forward and he comes back. And uh, he, 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 and the next thing we know is uh, this man who was injured and, and uh, fallen, he filed a case against this, dri- uh, this truck driver. And so the truck driver had a lawyer. So they're arguing the case in court, okay, for compensation. So the lawyer asked this farmer, did my client ask you whether you were okay when you were in that ditch and uh, he was going to say he was going to give an explanation no no let me explain to you he said no no don't explain I want you an answer yes or no tell me did my client tell you ask you if you were okay he said no no let me explain he said no no don't explain say yes or no so finally, the judge got frustrated and told, told the, 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 this lawyer, you, you keep quiet, let him give me an explanation. Let's see what he has to say. So he tells the judge, this is what happened. As I was walking my, uh, you know, what did I say? The sheep and what? A cow. As I was walking, he came and, you know, he swerved and he banged me and I, we all three of us fell into this ditch. And then he came over to me with, and he... He saw that the, the sheep was, you know, struggling and the cow was struggling. So he took his shotgun and he shot both these, uh, uh, the cow and the sheep. And then they, he asked this man, are you okay? <laughs> what will he say? <laughs> if he said he was, he said he was not okay, what would have happened? He would have shot him also. <laughs> so if you take the context from the text, what is left? If you take the text out of the context, what is left? Uh, A corn. That's what happens when, you know, people bring in false teaching. They take a particular verse and they take it out of its context and they corn you. So let me first bring to you the context of uh, what Jesus is speaking here. Alright? Now, This is uh, uh, not the Lord Jesus Christ among the crowd, okay? This is not Jesus among the crowd. It's not a public meeting. It is a private affair. It's in the upper room. And he is talking to, uh, from 13, chapter 13 to chapter 16, he's talking to his disciples, and 17 is a high priestly prayer, all right? Uh, But chapter 13, verse 30, we have one of the disciples who walks away. Who is that? Who is that? Judas Iscariot. Who is remaining? The leaven. So who is Jesus speaking these words to? To the leaven. To the disciples who remain. Who are abiding. Who didn't defect. And I'm hoping 
Jesus is in that if you read in the context Jesus is not just talking or, or giving all these promises in chapter 13 to chapter 16 the promises and everything that he speaks is not only to the living but also to whom also to whom to you and me how do you know that how do you know he's speaking to you and me also from uh, these 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 chapters you read the high priestly prayer of Jesus Christ chapter 17 and verse 20 what does he say i'm not only praying for you but i'm also praying for those who will believe all those who will believe these promises are for everyone who would believe and come and who will abide so jesus is you know we have to see that context in which jesus is speaking it's and chapter 15 is being spoken on the thursday all right in the upper room they are celebrating the passover he's celebrating it with his disciples and the next next day he is going to be crucified he is going to be crucified so these words are the most precious and the most amazing words that jesus gives to his own his own the people who will abide in him So chapter 13 was uh, 30 we read one have defected but the 12 remain all right so what i want to bring to you is to understand what abiding is we need to see a contrast okay so i'll take you through john's gospel and see people who did not abide in the lord jesus christ okay so come to chapter 2 and read verse 23 chapter 2 of john and verse 23 if somebody can read that aloud uh, and follow it because i will ask questions yes verse 23 ah hmm many believed in his name observing his signs ah okay All right what do we read they saw the miracles of Jesus and many people did what believed in the Lord Jesus Christ now you read next the next verse verse 24 but Jesus on his part but Jesus on his part was not entrusting himself, not entrusting himself to, them. to them so there is two things in abiding all right there are two things in abiding what are those two, two things my part me abiding in god that is not enough what else is needed christ abiding in me i in you and you in me you see it's very important for us to understand this because there are many people who will believe but jesus will not entrust himself into their hands why because he knows their hearts he knows their hearts Okay if you come uh, uh, down to chapter 6 if you come down to chapter 6 of John's gospel we read in verse 60 what do we read, read in verse 60 and hearing it many of his disciples said this is a hard teaching who can accept it who is this who is telling his teaching is hard who is this who is telling his teaching is hard it is his disciples who are saying 
it is hard. It is hard. We, 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 we cannot take what you are teaching. Uh, it's too much for us. Uh, verse 63, read verse 63, what Jesus says. Spirit who gives life. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of spirit and life. And what are you saying? What are you saying? The words I am speaking to you is spirit and life. And what are you saying? What is Jesus saying to those people? You are saying this is too hard for us. We can't take it. We can't take it. So what is the response in verse 66? What is the response in 66? They turned back and they no longer walked with him. Then Jesus asked this question to the twelve. What is the question he asked the twelve? Will you also go away? And what is the answer? What is the answer? No, Lord. Whom shall we go to? Why are we coming to you? Because... Because, what does the word say? Because your words have eternal life. You see, they, they in some ways understood that the words of Jesus were spirit and life. And without that, without that there would be nothing and so to be connected with Jesus was vital. The, t- the twelve, okay, the twelve was including who? Judas, Judas Iscariot. For, so at this point of time he is not defected. He is still with the group. But as the spokesman, Peter says, you have words of eternal life. Where shall we go? Where shall we? And Jesus answered in verse 70, have I not chosen you, the twelve? Yet one of you is a devil. One of you is a devil. So in, in chapter 6, people left. They did not abide. They did not remain. They did not stay. Come again to chapter 8. Chapter 8 of John's Gospel. Chapter 8. Read verse 30. Read verse 30. Somebody read verse 30. As he spoke these words, many believed in him. Then Jesus said to those Jews. Okay, listen to what Jesus is telling them. What is he telling them? If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. You are my disciples. So who is the true disciple? Those who abide in the words of God. Not just believing at the moment, maybe emotionally or whatever. But you continue to abide in my word. Then you are abiding in me. Jesus Christ says that in verse 30. Read verse 31. Verse 31. Okay, okay. So here we see also 
this very same people if you read later on in the chapter uh, chapter 8 they call jesus a demon <laughs> possessed man and they are taking up stones to kill him these very people who believed in the lord jesus christ so they did not remain they 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 left they did not stay on come to chapter 12 now chapter 12 read verse 42 here's another interesting group of people read verse 42 Verse forty-two. Yet at the same time, many people among the leaders believed in him. Ah. But because of the Pharisees, they would not confess their faith, for fear they would be put out of the synagogue. Okay, so here is another group of people who are believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, but they are not confessing him because they are afraid that they will be thrown out of the synagogue. So they stay back. they make no commitment to the lord jesus christ chapter 13 verse 30 we have finally judas iscariot moving into darkness jesus tells him okay you 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 go you go and you do what you have to do and he went into the darkness satan entered him so he defects he he moves away and now jesus with his is with his own people but before we go there for 1 john chapter 2 verse 19 please 1 john chapter 2 verse 19 your quiz portion do you know 1 john 219 no not yet <laughs> all right 1 john 219 yes they went out from us but they were not of us because if they were of us ha huh, they would have continued with us ha huh. okay they are not of us read verse 24 now read verse 24 if what you have heard from the beginning abide in you ha huh. then you will abide in the son and in the father but some didn't they moved away but jesus is now taking talking to the people who are abiding and i'm hope and pray that you are amongst those who abide because otherwise there is no hope there is no hope And if you are ones who abide I want you to know and to understand the wonder of what it means to abide in the Lord Jesus Christ the preciousness of it the glory of it I want to have a gl- you to have a glimpse of what it is for the eternal God to be abiding in you in you That's what I want to try and help you to see this morning. So, being a Christian is not going to church. It's not even worshiping. It's not even coming to Bible studies or coming to camps like this. There is an eternal infinite maximum and an irreducible minimum. This is what I'm going to tell you what it is. 1 John chapter 4 verse 14 and 15. What is the minimum? 
It is the minimum as well as the maximum. All right, one John chapter four, verse fourteen and fifteen. Anyone who acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in Him, and He in God. So, how do you abide in God, and God abides in you according to this verse? How do you abide in God, and how does God abide in you according to this verse? If you confess. What do you understand by the word confess? What do you understand by the word confess? Huh? To surrender. The word actually confess means that you are in agreement with God is saying, with what God is saying. That's what the meek word confesses. You are agreeing with what God is saying, or. Confessing Jesus is you have to confess Jesus as God has as God has revealed Him, not some fictionalized Jesus. You, you do you understand the point? You have to confess Jesus or agree with what God has revealed about Jesus through scriptures. Because there are people who have fictionalized views of Jesus and they believe that Jesus. That won't make you abide in God and God abide in you. All right. For example, the Muslim, our Muslim brothers. What do they believe about Jesus? That he is a prophet. Does they do they believe he is God? No. Do they believe he is the Son of God? No. So believing him as prophet will Christ abide you and you abide in Christ? No. It is a fictionalized idea. It's somebody's thinking. It's not has. It's not what God revealed about Jesus. Okay, what about our Hindu brothers and sisters? How how do they see Jesus? Huh? A good teacher. What else? One among many gods. Correct. It's a fictionalized idea. That's not how Jesus. God has revealed Jesus. Is that how God has revealed Jesus? No. There is no other way to come to God except through Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life. So, believing in a fictionalized view about Jesus will not bring you into this deep, intimate relationship with with, with the Lord Jesus Christ, where He is abiding you, and you are abiding. In him now, there is a lot of Christians also who believe a lot of things. Correct? Yes or no? <laughs> you are Christians. Of course, we we don't even want to talk about cults. Okay, we won't even go there because we all know <laughs> they, they they are wrong. But I'm talking about you know the modern Christian community. You know, back in there, then. <laughs> We have a lot of persecution now because a very draconian anti-conversion bill has been passed. So there was this church where they went and beat up people and were trying to stop, stop, uh, you know, the worship. And so the TV guys are always there, you know, conversion, conversion. <laughs> so they came and they came to- and they were t- talking to this lady. Why did you convert? 
She said, no, I didn't convert. Jesus did this for me. Jesus did that for me. And then she goes on to say, even if I am born ten times, one, <laughs> reborn ten times, I will still believe in Jesus. <laughs> now, did she understand anything about Jesus? <laughs> huh? No. No. There is this fictionalized Jesus that we believe in. Anna? And among the brethren assemblies, there is a day in your life, Anna, Mone, Echikapatil Yoda. Yara Nanagada, Ramada. We are from this family. Ah, you are from Mailapra family. <laughs> so this follow next Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> he puts up his hand. And we think, oh wow, he is saved. Or before marriage, <laughs> so get baptized. You know, this fictionalized understanding, that is not Christianity. That is not discipleship. That's not this two-way thing of God abiding you and you abiding in God. Abiding means God lives in you. The essence of what it means is I have a relationship with God in salvation. In salvation. So next time somebody asks you uh, what are you? And uh, you want to explain to them you are a Christian. How will you explain that to them? You tell them God abides in me. The eternal, almighty, transcendent God abides in me. And I in Him. That is your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. If you are abiding. That is your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. If you are abiding. I understand Romans 8.21 has not come to pass. What does Romans 8.21 say? What does Romans 8.21 say? There is going to be a time when the glory of God's presence will be visibly manifest in and through our lives. We're not in that time. I agree with that. Okay, read Romans 8.21. And that the creation itself will be set free. Creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption. And obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. Now that stage has not come. It's not so visible. This deep, intimate relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ is not visible in that sense. But as a believer, you must be experiencing this, dearly beloved. This deep, intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. You and I need to be experiencing it. Because it's a reality. If it's not a reality, you don't belong to Him. I like Romans chapter 3 verse 16 to 19. It's a prayer. Paul's prayer. Just read that. Just read that. Romans, sorry, Ephesians chapter 3 verse 16 to 19. Read that. 
loudly please yes strengthen you with power through the spirit where 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 not in the woman uh, no she say no <laughs> not that i'm asking you <laughs> the holy spirit strengthen you where so one of the triune god the holy spirit is more than you he is doing what he is in the strengthening business he is strengthening you inside why 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 read on so that christ may dwell in your heart so the lord jesus christ will dwell in your heart in all his freedom So there is the Son and the Holy Spirit. Okay, read on, read on. Read on. That you being rooted and grounded in love, and grounded in love huh? that may have strength, may have strength to, comprehend with all the saints, to comprehend with all the saints the breadth and the length, the height and the depth of His love. Okay, go on, go on, go on. And to know the love of Christ that surpasses all knowledge that you may be filled with what the fullness of God where where is this happening where is this happening hello i am so excited here where is this happening inside you that is what you are that is who you are do you experience this you know this are you hiding in this amazing truth dearly beloved the triune god dwelling in you how glorious how glorious it is chapter 14 john chapter 14 verse 23 john chapter 4 verse 23 read john chapter 14 verse 23 jesus what if anyone loves me you may he will obey my teachings ah. my father will love him how much will he love him yes Jesus and the Father will come to you and make his home in you. When does this happen? When you love him and you obey him. Love and obedience. That's what it means to abide in Christ. This is what it means to abide in Christ. This is the glorious truth. This is who you are and this is what we must be telling the world because it's not visible. That will come. But so next time somebody asks you are you a Christian what will you say? How will you answer this question? 
I go to church, CBF, very famous church, is growing every time camp. <laughs> is that what you would say? Oh, there's something far more glorious than this, dearly beloved. The eternal God, the transcendent God, earth and heaven cannot contain Him. But this God is abiding in me. In me. You're, you're walking around with God. Does anybody know it? That's what it means to abide in the Lord in, in the Lord Jesus Christ. Chapter 14. Uh, read verse 17. Chapter 14, verse 17. Verse 17. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept it. Neither sees him nor knows him. You know him. Okay. Who is this? Who is this? The Spirit. Where is He? Do you experience that? Do you experience the presence of the Holy Spirit inside of you? The world doesn't because they don't know Him. They don't see Him. But you know it. You know Why? Because he is where? Right there. Right there. I'll come to that in a little minute because I think in the Brethren Assembly we have neglected the Holy Spirit because we think it is the charismatics problem. So they go to one extreme, they go to another extreme. I'll come to that in a little while. But it says here, you know that this Holy Spirit dwells in you. You know but the others don't because you are abiding in me you are abiding in me and when the Holy Spirit abides with you John chapter 7 verse 37 to 39 happens John chapter 7 verse 37 to 39 happens what is happening? John chapter 7 37 to 39 what is happening? if the Holy Spirit is abiding in you read loudly on the last day huh Ah. Jesus stood and cried out saying ah. If anyone thirsts If anyone what? Thirsts thirst. ah. Let, Let him come to me And drink, and drink. He, who in me, he who believes in me As the scripture has said, the has said Out of his heart, of his heart will, flow will flow rivers Who is that producing living waters in your heart and that is is going to overflow. Who is that? The Holy Spirit. Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit. That's what will happen if the Holy Spirit is abiding in you. You will be overflowing. It will gush out of you and it will impact people. It will impact people. That's what it means, abiding in Christ. Now come to chapter 17 of John's Gospel. In the high priestly prayer of Jesus Christ, he affirms this. He affirms this. He affirms the presence of the triune God in us. Verse 23 of John chapter 17, verse 23. Verse 23. 
I in them and you in me, me that they may become perfectly one so here is the circle where the triune God is Father, Son and Holy Spirit what is Jesus saying and here is me who was outside what is Jesus saying he has brought us into this circle you are my father and me and them we are one we are being added or the triune God comes to dwell with us and becomes one with us that is the glory of abiding that is the glory of abiding let me say this in, in ordinary words from scriptures Romans chapter 8 verse 10 ordinary words Romans 8 verse 10 read that and if Christ is in you the body is dead because of sin the spirit is alive because of righteousness. Because of righteousness. Okay? So, even, uh, yeah. Okay, so here is Christ in you, there is life. The body will die. But you will live. Why? Because you're connected to whom? To the Lord Jesus Christ, the righteous one. So, there is life being connected to Jesus Christ. All right? 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 16 1 Corinthians 3 16 1 Corinthians 3 16 Don't you know that you yourself are God's temple huh. that God's spirit lives in you You are what? A temple of God and who is dwelling in you? God is dwelling in you Read another verse Family verse you should know this by heart Galatians 2 20 you know that by heart CBF? No, only you are concentrating on one John. Is it? You are concentrating on one John. You follow Galatians 2.20. Boy. I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live. But who lives in me? Christ lives in me. Okay, he goes on to say something else. What else? The life I now live... I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me. Whose life is in you? The life of Jesus Christ. That's what it means to abide in Christ. His life abides in you. One more verse. Uh, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 22. Ephesians 2 22. Ephesians 2 22. In him you are what? Huh? Being built together. This is CBF together. In Christ. We in Christ are being what? Built together to be a place where God will come and be present in our midst. This is corporate abiding, corporate abiding all of us abiding in the Lord Jesus Christ 
how do you know how do you know that god is abiding with us 1 john chapter 4 come to 1 john chapter 4 uh read verse 13 1 john chapter 4 verse 13 by this we abide in him and he in us okay how do we know that we are abiding in christ and christ is abiding in us the spirit tells us the spirit witnesses to our spirits that we are the children of god the spirit of god witnesses within you that jesus and the father are abiding in you so without the spirit you would, and i would never be able to understand this so abiding in christ means abiding in his spirit now this when this happens when this happens when this abiding happens then something happens in and through our lives and that's what john goes on to say we manifest fruits we manifest first what fruits verse 2 more fruit verse 5 Uh, come back to John chapter fifteen, verse five. More fruit, verse eight. Much fruit, and you prove to be my disciples. In verse two, it's connected with pruning our fruits. So God allowing providential problems into your life, troubles, struggles, tests. by which you begin to produce fruits the unwanted things are taken away from your life and my life and we become fruitful now come come to john chapter 15 now come to john i hope you're not bored are you bored are you listening yes. you're not tired your mind is not tired all right just listen uh, in verse chapter 15 of uh, uh, john's gospel Verse four, he says something negatively. What does he say negatively? Abide in me, and I in you. If you don't abide, you will not bear fruit. He's saying that negatively. Okay, it's a negative statement. If you don't abide in me, you won't bear fruit. Then he goes on to say in verse five something the same thing positively. How does he say it? I am the vine. you are the branches whoever abides in me in me he will bear this is positively he says abide with me first time what did he say if you don't abide in me now he says abide in me okay then he says a third time uh, uh, something but this time negatively and with a warning what is it okay We're not six. I'm not not talking about six. Read verse five only. If you do not, uh, without me, you can do nothing. Where is that? Verse five. Verse five. I, I don't go to verse six. Verse five. Without me, you can do. That's a negative telling something, but with a warning that without Christ, you cannot bring forth fruits. impossible you cannot bring forth fruits if christ you are not connected to christ now he he is saying something 
similar in Romans chapter 7. Come to Romans chapter 7. Let's try and discover something. Okay, Romans chapter 7. We're talking about fruits now. Okay, Romans chapter 7, verse 4. What does he say in verse 4? Read carefully and read slowly. I'll, I'll repeat after somebody who's re- reading. Likewise, my brothers, you have also died to the what? To the what? Hello, everybody. To the what? To the what? Okay. Through the body of Christ, so that you may belong to another, to him who has been raised from the dead. In order that you may what? Paul is saying the same thing in Romans. What is he saying? You know the law. You've been taken out from that situation and you're connected with somebody. Who is that somebody? The Lord Jesus Christ. Why do you need that connection? To bear fruit. To bear fruit. Okay, go on, read ahead. Okay. If without Christ, what kind of fruits will you bear? Without Christ, what kind of fruits will you bear? Dead fruits. Because those fruits come from what? The flesh. Okay? So you're bearing fruits. But what kind of fruits are you bearing? Fruits that will bring glory and honor to God or dead fruits? Depends if you're connected with Jesus or not. That depends if you're connected with Jesus or not. Come to Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1. Alright? Philippians chapter 1. Read from verse 9. He says something. Some, some beautiful things. Read and then we will read verse 11 to understand the point I'm making. Read verse from verse 9. It is my prayer that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and all discernment. Approve things that are excellent, pure and blameless. And now read verse 11. Filled with the fruit of what? Righteousness. Now let me let, let, let's talk about this fruit of righteousness. Can you have this fruit of righteousness without being connected to Jesus? Answer? No. Can you uh, bear it in the flesh? Why? Because there is no good thing that dwells in my flesh. All my righteousness are, are like filthy rags. So if you need to produce Fruit of righteousness, what should you do? Connect it to Jesus. You can do nothing without me. You cannot do anything without me. You need me. This connection is vital. About, about, ten times Jesus is saying, about, 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 heavenly to the level, to help us here. bear fruits so it's fruits that will culminate in our deep intimate relationship with 
the Lord Jesus Christ. Now moving from being connected for salvation to be connected for sanctification, the deeper our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, the deeper we are abiding with the Lord Jesus Christ in his presence and in his knowledge and in, in the love of Jesus and in obedience with Jesus, you will produce more fruits. Okay? It is this continued and deeper and deeper deeper and relationship with the lead, uh, Jesus Christ that will lead to sanctification, that will lead to greater fruits being produced from in, in, in and through your life. This is expressed from the parable of the sower. Okay? The seed fell on the good ground. Okay? And they produce fruits. How much? Some? Some how much? 30? Some? 60? And some? Some? Why, why this difference? Why this difference? Why this difference? Why not 100 <laughs> percent? Huh? Huh? No, 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 no. There is nothing good in us. <laughs> there is nothing good in us. <laughs> it's not the fertility of the soil. Nothing good in the soil. It is a... Huh? How connected we are with God's word. How obedient we are with God's word. How we keep his word. How we love the Lord. How we honor him. How we fulfill his will in our lives. You know, these are the things that will either restrict your fruit bearing or increase your fruit bearing. So now I want to come to the role the Holy Spirit plays in our fruitful life. Alright? Because somebody explained it this way and I think it was a good explanation. You see, the brethren go word, 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 word. They're hopping around. Word, 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 word. <laughs> Not going anywhere. Hopping around. And the charismatics go, spirit, 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 spirit. Going around. Not going anywhere. Who will go forward? Who have both the word and the spirit. We can move forward. Others will be hopping around. So let's come to the book of Galatians. The book of Galatians. What's my time? I, I, I just totally... Five minutes more? Oh boy. <laughs> Alright. Come, come to... Uh, come to Galatians chapter 5. Okay, read verse, uh, verse uh, 25. Quickly, somebody, quickly, 25. Verse 25. If we live in the Spirit... Let us also walk in the Spirit. So we're talk, trying to understand this word, what it means to walk in the Spirit. That's another word you will use for abiding in, in the Spirit. Okay? Walk in the Spirit. Read verse 16. Read verse 16 quickly. I say then, I say then walk in the Spirit. You will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Okay. What is opposite of walking in the Spirit? Walking in the lust of the flesh. Okay, that's the opposite. So if you are walking in the spirit, if you are abiding in the spirit, what will you do? You will not be walking in in the, the lust of your flesh. Alright? Uh, verse 17. Verse 17. For the flesh 
flesh lusts against the spirit, spirit against the flesh. Okay, so two things: lust or the flesh produces some desires in your heart, right? Flesh produces desires in your heart. What does the spirit also do? It also produces desires. Okay, so what desire will you follow? The stronger desire. Okay, is that correct? You follow the weaker desire or the stronger desire? The stronger desire. So if you are abiding in the spirit, or if the spirit is active in your life, what kind of desire will be produced that are stronger? Spiritual desires. So will you work then according to it? Yes. That is the secret. That is the secret. The spirit enables you to walk with the desires he produces in your heart in a way that bears fruit and brings glory and honor to the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay? Because in the flesh there is nothing good. But if you come down, uh, this is actually a fulfillment of the prophecy in Ezekiel chapter 36 where God said, I will give you a new heart. I'll take out the stone heart I'll give you a flesh heart and I will put my spirit into you and I'll write my laws in your heart so that you will walk by it. This is the enablement of the spirit who produces good desire and helps you to walk in that way. Okay, Galatians chapter 5 verse 18 verse 18 there's another phrase led by the spirit you're not under the law Okay, so being led by the Spirit clearly tells us that you are not the one who is producing this good desires and this godly work. Who is producing that? The Holy Spirit, because He is leading you. Okay, without His leading, you can't go that way, go that path. Okay, Uh, the flesh will take over. Okay, so it says if you are walking in the Spirit, if you are led by the Spirit, you are no more under the law. In what way are you not under the law? Number one, you are not under its condemnation. Why? Because the Spirit is enabling you to walk according to God's will and purpose. So there is no condemnation. Number two, He gives you the enablement to walk according to. So you are not struggling in your strength. Enablement comes from whom? The Spirit. And so there is no condemnation. You are able to live the godly life because the Spirit helps you. So the law doesn't condemn you. Your conscience is clear. That's what the Holy Spirit does. That's what when you walk in the Spirit and are led in the Spirit, this is what happens. Okay? Uh, where, the Spirit, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Second Corinthians 3.17 But quickly, one more part. Uh, when we come to verses, uh, 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 when we come to the fruit of the Spirit, correct? Which verse is that? 18. No. Which one? 22. Verse 22, it says, uh, what does it say? The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. So when does the fruit of the Spirit, uh, it begins to be produced in our life? When you do these two things, when you are walking in the Spirit, and when you are led by the Spirit, what will start being produced in your life? The fruit of the Spirit. The law has no more control because desires that are greater is being produced in your life and you will follow the greater desires. 
so you you understand why you need to abide in the lord because without that you cannot live this christian godly christian life i didn't have a time to explain through an example but maybe we will do uh, my next session but i wanted to think about this one particular thing uh, in acts of the apostle chapter 6 please think about this as you go about all right maybe if you have a discussion time we can discuss about it during the question hour time maybe we can see that uh, acts chapter 6 verse 3 just read verse 3 the first part of verse 3 and they chose and they chose who ha huh. full of the spirit and wisdom any other translation full of the spirit and full of wisdom or in another translation it is faith full of the holy spirit and wisdom or full of the spirit and full of faith in some translations okay so i want you to think what it means to be full of the spirit and full of wisdom or full of faith what is the meaning of that and i want you to think about your life is it full of faith and full of the holy spirit okay i want you to first think about what that means and then check your life thank you very much and god bless you Oh, I have to pray. Sorry. Close in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, in all humility, we come into your presence. We are trying, Lord, to understand deep things of your word. And we cannot do it without the Holy Spirit. He is the Spirit of truth. He is the one who will take over what you spoke to. and reveal it to us lord and we thank you for your presence this morning and we are praying lord that you will take these words that i have spoken in my weakness in my limited understanding and father you would do far greater work in the hearts and minds of dear ones who are gathered here that they will understand the wonder and glory of what it means to abide in you what it means to be full of faith and full of the holy spirit to live that kind of life that is under the total control of the holy spirit who produces godly desires and enables us to f- walk in those desires oh lord that fruits of the spirit may be manifest from our lives and you oh lord will get the glory and the honor and the praise to the sin i commit everyone myself included and pray you will continue to work deeply in our lives we give you thanks and pray in the precious name of our lord and savior jesus christ amen